Coming home well, I'm your host, Tyler Piron, and today we are meeting with John Preston. He started an organization called 22 and You, and he has a fantastic story. Welcome, John. Hey, how you doing, man? Um, I'm, I'm doing great. This is a wonderful day to, uh, I got married. Hey, did anybody know that? I got married over the weekend. I didn't so, know that. <laughs> so life is wonderful, man. Absolutely amazing. It, it's it's good to talk to you. You know, it's crazy with people getting married in the middle of the pandemic. You can't go out and do the normal things and have the big family greetings and the big family affairs. My niece got married. She decided to just elope because uh, she was like, I'm not waiting until the everybody can come. Yeah, we, we, we had a small group, you know, it was it was 50 people there and it was kind of funny. We had a, like, you know, the favors were like masks that were like quarantined for life and stuff like that. So it was super cool, man. And and that was just another chapter in this whole story that that's continuing to be told. And we're just really happy to uh, to share that with everyone as well. So 22 and you is founded a few years ago. Why did you get it started? Yeah, it, man, to me, I was thinking about this. 22 and you is hope and forward motion. Um, that's the whole thing. I, I didn't know how to fully explain that when I first got into this. I, I had lost my brother to suicide in 2016. Um, I'm, I'm a professional musician and a successful one at this point. Um, multiple songs have hit the top 200 in iTunes, top 200 in the DRT, top 20 rock song in the world, kind of, you know, these really cool accomplishments. And I kept getting this stage, right? I kept getting the stage to speak. Um, and over and over again, through press and media and, and things like that, I continue to say, you know, 22 veterans a day are taking their own life. This isn't right. This hurts. Um, I'm one of those now. Um, I, I created songs like Before I'm Gone and Superman Falls that were these amazing pieces of art that really said with Superman Falls, what it felt like to lose someone to suicide. And before I'm gone, basically talking to that person on the edge saying, Hey, I get it. I've been there, you know? Um, and I wanted to put a, a bigger reality to this. And, and I over and over and over again, spoke on the stage and I never really felt like I was letting the world know how I really felt. Um, I thought of an idea that I could just go out and really put my feet on the ground and, and go to work. At, at that point, um, I wanted it to hurt. You know, I, I, I emotionally and physically was going through major depression and, and issues with losing my brother. Um, we had lost our father six months prior, so our family was kind of devastated. And I wanted to hurt. Um, so I came up with the idea of 22 and you then with this whole concept that I would hike uh, 22 miles a day for as long as it would take uh, to leave the city of Palo Alto, where I work as a firefighter, and uh, end in in San Diego on the USS Midway, right next to uh, 
where my father had gone to boot camp and kind of set the path for all of us in life. So um, it was a wild idea. And, and uh, as I said, it took hope and it, and it took forward motion to accomplish. Um, and I think the moment that I realized I was going to do it, I, I had pitched the idea to Corey, my, my wife, and said, hey, um, I want to do this. And I know this is crazy. I need support. Um, and she said, yeah, let's do it. I remember getting off the phone, super emotional, like, oh my God, and I'm driving from one fire station to another, right? And I get in the fire station and, and there's, there's a point where things either do or don't happen, right? Like you, you get this motivation and, and you either jump or you don't jump. And I play that game a lot in life because I'm very creative and always working on something. Um, and I walked into the fire station. I looked at my buddy, Adam, who was driving my engine. And I said, hey, man, here's my idea. And Adam right away started firing off things we could do. Oh, we can do this. We'll build the route. I think by that night, we were building a route already. Um, that extra tip of motivation kind of... Uh, made all of this real, you know? So um, we chose to hike 22 miles a day. It turned out being 28 days uh, straight, no breaks. I, I had a 22 kilo pack on my back for some of it. I'll, I'll, I'll get into that later. Uh, but we we basically turned out moving the earth with, with just an idea. Um, we put together a phenomenal film crew uh, and, and we shot this film that we can't wait to get out to the world. You know, we're, we're, we just wrapped at the wedding the other day. So we will be in edit and, and kicking out a, a phenomenal docu-series uh, by, by probably first or second quarter of next year. That's absolutely fantastic. So sort of like a Forrest Gump moment. You said, I just got to do something. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go hiking instead of running. Yeah. Yeah. Running, running's not my thing. My knees would have been done in the first day, but, um, putting on that heavy pack and grinding and I, I, I knew it was going to hurt. I, I, I trained for months and months and months and physically thought I was fully ready. Um, I knew it was going to hurt, but I had no idea the pain I was going to put myself through physically. Um, which was a huge mirror to the, the, the emotions that I intended to show the world and, and what it really felt like, you know? So, um, mission accomplished on that one. And, and I learned a lot more out there than, than just what it felt like to feel pain and, and, and what it felt like to succeed. There, there was a lot more in depth there. So this wasn't the first time you went hiking, you planned, you prepared, you were a former Marine uh, or a Marine. I, I always get the terminology wrong. So you've, you've had <laughs> some experience hiking but going mm. 600 plus miles, 22 miles a day for almost a month straight, that, that's incredibly grueling. Yeah. Um, my, I couldn't keep up with the calories. It was crazy. Um, and within the, by the fifth or sixth day, the blisters alone were the worst pain you can imagine. Um, I had two, two toes eventually uh, that fully degloved. I don't know if you understand that term, but that means everything, skin, nail, all of it was ripped off. The meat on the tips of the toes were pulverized and you could see bone on one of them. Um, and I don't know if you ever had just like a simple blister. Uh, there was nothing wonderful about that. No, that, that, uh, there's nothing good that sounds, especially in the first week. I don't even know how you would continue with that. Yeah. And, and it was a, it was a struggle every day. I, I would go to my room um, 
after trying to eat for the first couple of days, I couldn't even eat. I think the nerves and everything were crazy, but we would go to the room and, and I would cry, man. I would quit. I, I, I would say, I can't do this anymore. Um, fortunately, Corey came out uh, to be with me after a few days. She's a firefighter as well. She works for San Francisco fire. Um, so she was able to finagle some time around. She got out there with me and was physically picking me up and putting me in the bathtub or pulling me out of it and, and, you know, physically cleaning my feet and and doing everything we needed to do. Uh, because every night I I was completely broken and wondering how I was going to wake up the next day and and start walking again. So, uh, I, uh, again, we're mirroring real life, right? Uh, people that struggle with mental health go through that every day. You go through, trying to endure whatever the problem is, trying to fight against whatever that problem is, and then making it to the end of the day and wondering why you even deserve to keep moving or, or you, you can keep moving and how. Um, and that struggle and that fight is real. And, and I, I dealt with that every night, man. And, and I would wake up and go, oh, God, I have to do this again. But then a switch would turn and it would say, go, 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 go. You know, So it's pretty crazy. You know, John, that is a great analogy where you're suffering, you're going through pain, and then you get up in the morning and say, I still have to continue, even though it is the most incredible pain I can endure. And and then Um, having the analogy to people suffering from depression and PTSD and other mental health challenges that often leads to people taking their own lives. And there's a lot of stubbornness and selfishness that goes along with that, that that we try to ignore. We try to say that this person battling is, you know, injured and needs help and they are. Um, But their biggest battle is probably with themselves. Um, I'll tell a story. this was kind of what made this hike what it was. I, I was right around the 200 mile point. We So typically my travel speed was about three and a half miles per hour to three miles per hour, somewhere around there. Um, by this, I was traveling when I could get moving up to two and a half, probably max speed and down to like almost one mile per hour. Like, and even if anybody has ever walked one mile per hour, that's like a stroll at the mall, you know, or... Uh, really taking in the sights at Disneyland kind of thing. Uh, so I was in a bad spot for days already. Uh, the crew, my my friends, Adam, um, Shannon, who hiked with me almost the entire hike, uh, all these people were continuing to say, John, you got to take the pack off your back. And, and as I said, I was carrying a 22 kilo pack, which is 55 pounds or 50-ish pounds. Once I had hydration, it was about 55 Um, and I'm carrying this pack and, and my brother's in there, you know, I have, uh, his belongings and, and, and a little bit of his ashes and, and some of these things in there. Um, those were my burdens that, that was my trouble. That was my problems. Uh, so I was having a really hard time accepting that this pack was going to come off my back. And here's the thing, man, I wrote this, this is my story. I could do it how I want it. Right. Like I could come out there and go, Oh, whatever someone else can carry the pack. I don't care about that, but that wasn't it, man. Like this pack symbolized burden. It symbolized hurt. It symbolized, uh, I get chills saying this. It symbolized all the pain that I'd gone through in my life, man. Like everything that I had been drugged through to get to where I was from my combat post-traumatic stress to my post-traumatic stress in the fire service, to losing my father, who was my best friend, to losing my brother, who was my next best friend and not 
knowing what I could do in life to make it better for anyone else. Um, and I was carrying that on my back, you know, and, and, and I get chills just hearing you talk about it because, you know, there, people are carrying so much weight around. That's the reality. And, and that's what I was trying to tell people, you know, but I was trying to tell people, Hey, I'll carry the weight. You just keep walking with me. And that was the original like phrase of the whole thing. Right. Um, so here I was 200 miles in and I can barely walk and everybody knows it. You know, it's 11 o'clock at night. We're still out hiking. We have a mile left. Um, Willie, who is a phenomenal DP is an amazing cameraman. This whole show, um, is now one of the producers and, you know, lead directors and all this. Um, he drives his truck out a mile away from us and he parks it and he runs back to us. And yeah, I think Willie's a big guy. He's this, you know, 300 pounder and he's running back to us. Right. Um, I'm struggling. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to finish the last mile. Um, my entire crew came out with me and pushed me. Um, not just, not just mentally, let's go, let's do this, but physically hands on me, pushing me forward as we're working our way to the finish line. Um, we got that night on film, man. I can't wait to see how this come back. Um, was it, it was, it was it, man. I, I, I threw the pack off my back. I threw it off my back and I remembered screaming and cussing and like really thinking, how am I going to do this tomorrow? And here for the setting, we had gone from the North Bay coast with all these awesome fire departments and amazing people to now here we were in the central coast and we had had to cut inland and there was nobody anywhere. We're on these desolate, destroyed back roads uh, and, and we're like lost in the middle of the desert and I'm alone. And, and I've got 10, 15 people with me and I felt alone. Um, not because of them, but because of me, because of my stupid brain, my stubbornness, and my inability to let go of my own problems and ask someone to help me. It's unbelievable, man. It's unbelievable. Um, we finished that night. I got back to, we were in a house, I think, that night. I remember pulling Willie aside and, and telling him, hey, um, I got to take the pack off tomorrow. And this is the hardest decision I ever made in my life. Uh, that's weird to say, right? I've, I've made choices to make children and get married and all of these things. That was the hardest decision I've ever made in my life because of what the symbols that were in that pack for me, um, my brother, the loss of my father, uh, my, my problems. Um, so that was it. You know, the, the next day we take the pack off. I, uh, I hiked, I hiked <laughs> comically. I hiked another 10 miles or five miles or something like that to make sure that I made it 200 miles. It was still a bravado thing, right? It's like, I'm, I'm going at least 200 miles with the thing on my back. Uh, so we hit the 200 mile mark and, and I took it off and gave it to a crew member. Um, I had put a post on social media that morning and it took off, man. Like that was what blew my mind. And it took a few days to truly understand the fire service heard about it, you know? And these are the guys that have been following me and helping me. And they realized I needed real help and now they were coming out of the woodwork, dude. Like we were in the middle of nowhere and fire engines are showing up like, Hey, we're here. We want to carry your pack. Um, some of the guys saved us, man. Like going through the quest of grade, uh, Shannon and I both probably wouldn't have made it out there without someone taking a pack off our back. Um, so, you know, just, the setting is so important. I mean, you're, you're talking about Palo Alto up near San Francisco, 
all the way down to San Diego. And I don't, and we're out here on the East Coast. So most people aren't aware that it's really dry through most of that area. Yeah. When you get in Central California, I mean, it wasn't super hot because it was January, but it was just gross and weird. And like the, the vibe was so, we were in an oil field at one point, you know, <laughs> hey, just what is going on? Um, and you'll see all that when the film comes out. Uh, that was the hardest struggle of the whole thing was that area. And and what's crazy, man, is I, I asked for help. It took me forever to do. Um, I asked for help and help was there. It was there before I even knew it was there. And I remember, it, sadly, being embarrassed. In the beginning. I, Adam calls me, he says, hey, you're going into Paso Robles. You've got their fire department is going to meet you in downtown. And I'm like, no, they're not. Like, we're not meeting any fire department. I don't have the pack on my back. Um, and I was embarrassed. I didn't want people to see me walking without it. It, it was like really hard for me to do it again. And just, and again, we mirror this to someone fighting with mental health, actually asking for help, actually going that route and then recognizing I'm embarrassed now that I've done this. And a lot of times people pull away from it. Right. Um, if I wouldn't have taken that pack off, I wouldn't have finished the hike. We met so many people along the way that we truly touched and helped in state. There were people that, were either dealing with mental struggles, had lost family members like I had, um, that wanted to come and be a part of our story and share their story. We spent the last year now, since this hike has been over the last seven months, um, traveling the state of California, sitting down with all these people and getting their stories too. That's what's so unique about this documentary and everything we're doing is the hike is kind of Forrest Gump on a bench and, and the rest of these stories are going to be all the stories that are coming into our story. Um, so that wouldn't happen, man. I would have never made it to LA and there were so many influential and amazing people that I met along the way that, um, I would have just been broken and destroyed if, if, if we never would have got the chance to make it to these people. Um, I, I hear that? this story and I'm like, just sort of picturing it. Like you had this whole plan in your head. I'm going to go hiking. I'm going to go 22 miles a day. I've got this pack that weighs 22 kilos. And at some point about two, mile 200, you're like, I can't do this. I, I need to quit. I just, I'm destroyed. I'm done. And then you get help carrying the load and you're able to continue. I'm physically healing, like for real. Uh, you know, these, these blisters and things on my feet, which was my biggest problem. Shannon, who, like I said, Shannon hiked almost every step with me. He carried a lighter pack and did a basically on-ground logistics. Um, he had to take two days off, I believe. Uh, for all the itises you can think of, bursitis, plantar fasciitis, um, tendonitis, <laughs> like, his feet were a different type of injury than mine. Mine was all blister, um, all basically minced meat disease. Uh, he actually had to stop because these itises were so aggressive. He thought he had maybe broken a bone or something like that. Um, for me, I started to heal the moment that I was able to walk, you know, four or five miles without 50 pounds on my back. Um, and every day it wasn't like I took the pack off and I didn't wear it after that moment, you know, I took the pack off and I still carried it up to, you know, depending on the day, 10 miles a day still. Uh, there were days where once we got high, higher populated cities where I didn't get to carry the pack at all. Cause I'd have to fight people for it. Um, <laughs> I always did the first mile no matter what. And then people would just be all over it. Like, give me that, give me that, give me that. Um, and that meant so much to me that to say, 
someone's here that understands what it's like to need to hold someone else's burden. And I always felt like I was that person that had to do that for everyone else. Um, so it was crazy to have other people there carrying burden with me. Um, and I talk about Corey and when I talked about, talk to her and our vows and our wedding, I explained to her that she took so much weight off of our backs during this. She took over logistics. We were working with a different company when we started everything. Um, they pulled out about 15 days into the hike or so. And we kept our, our film crew stayed intact. Everybody stayed intact, but Corey had to step in and take over logistics. And um, at the same time, still almost every night that I'm hiking, she would come and hike the last three or four miles with us. And she would take the pack if no one else was there to take it. Yeah. Just understanding what really being supported looks like and knowing now that, yeah, I can be that person for a lot of other people, but I don't have to keep all this inside and I can have other people take mine for a little bit too, you know? So this whole thing is being recorded. I'm sure there's, there's some pretty gnarly pictures of your feet uh, (laughs) and all the blisters and, and, and the agony that you're going through. And then, and yeah. people are there to help carry the load. I mean, there's a, a great analogy. Uh, I'm not even sure the English word to use for it, but there's a lesson there. Yeah. 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 I mean, dude, the reality is until we can it, it, it break our own stubbornness, right? I, I know my father and, and I knew my brother, but I got an answer out there that I didn't think I would. I almost killed the entire operation because of my stubbornness. I probably hiked three or four more days more than I should have. Because at like the fifth day, I was pretty injured. Like the fifth day it rained, um, which softened my feet. And then I stuffed them in a small pair of boots. And I really injured myself on the fifth day bad. So from that point, I probably should have started getting help. And I didn't. So there was such a, like, just a parallel to my brother's struggle with mental health. He didn't want anyone to know, you know, he didn't want anyone to know that he was hurting. And I did that the whole time. Um, I would laugh and smile. Anytime a camera was on me, I was joking. Anytime anything was on me, I was joking. I was only serious and honest with Shannon and everyone else just kind of got this visual of this happy person because I didn't want anyone else to panic. Um, My brother was doing that for a long time. He was masking everything because he didn't want anyone to panic and he thought he was protecting us. And all he was doing was continuing to, to, to tap the nails down on himself. His stubbornness, I think, is the reason he took his own life. A pretty intense background. Yeah, he did. And like, well, in the 20 years in the PD, it wouldn't come up unless we were, you know, seeing who could piss further. But when it did, he had problems, you know, and, and but we were just fighting with each other about it. We were brothers being brothers, you know, that's one thing I wish I could go back and change because I'm a very different person than I was. And our family is just, I've got another brother, man. Our family is just filled with bravado. Our dad used to like beat people up, right? You'd see your dad like beat up the neighbor and you're like, oh, cool, man. I got a badass family, you know? So that's who we are and that's what we came from. And we were all that way. And I think in the end, it was a really big problem when we faced real adversity. Um, I'd like to say, and if I can put this out, I've been sober for four and a half years since I lost my brother. I I think actually I lost him in January and I quit March 1st. I went back to Kentucky for my father's birthday to spend time with my mom because that was the first year. And 
I quit after that. So I, since March of whenever that was, 2016, yeah, I've been sober. Uh, but I'd like to say that my my, my older brother, Nate, um, who has struggled a lot with, with the same problems I did, uh, is now sober as well and, and has been for several months now. So since he came out, he got to come out and be part of the hike at the end. And then I went back to Kentucky and really opened up a lot of cans that had not been opened. I, I shot film to get the full story of my family. And after his interview, he had a kind of a meltdown the next day and then called me or not the next day, but like a, a week later and called me and said, okay, I'm done. I'll quit. Uh, and he hasn't picked up the bottle since. So um, I just want to really express how proud I am of my brother and, and how to everyone that's that's fighting these fights, man, it's really, you got to let go of the pride and the stubbornness and all of that. And then you can make decisions that can help, you know? Yeah. You can't internalize it. You got to ask for help when, when the load is too heavy. Yeah. And the drugs and alcohol don't really fix anything. They just make things no, worse almost always. No, they're the worst, dude. Like they, they create a personality that isn't you. And then you kind of bipolar with that person, you know, and you could totally be cool as all hell on the outside. And then, you know, you're six drinks in and you're the guy that wants to punch a hole in the wall. You know, they, it, it doesn't, it doesn't fix anything. And, and it's not a path that should be taken if you can avoid it. Always find your mind first and then realize what, what kind of ending we need to do for that. You know, you know, John, I wanted to ask you a quick question about some of your music. You had a song okay. called Superman Falls. I did. <laughs> Tell me about that song. Cause I've heard it. It's amazing. There's a story that goes with it though. Yeah. Um, so that song, I mean, if I can take a bow, that that song is the reason I'm now a Sony artist, right? I'm I'm in the in the top 200 in the world every time I release something, and and that has everything to do with with that and how that happened. Um, I was sleeping in the middle of the night. This was you know at some point after losing Michael, and I I realized that I I wanted the world to know. I, I, a lot of people hid my, my brother's department covered up his suicide. Um, the press didn't cover it. Nobody talked about it. And I didn't think that was fair, man. I think that his struggles needed to be known. I think they needed to be real. And I, I, I intended to slap the whole world in the face with it, which I'm still doing today. Right. Um, but I woke up in the middle of the night to this, this chorus that turned out being Superman Falls. Um, and when I wrote it, it was really clear that it was Superman Falls, right? Because that's who Michael was to my family. He was that hope. He was, you know, after we lost our father, he was the man, you know? And uh, I just wanted people to see. My brother left kids behind. He left a wife behind. He left a mother without a, a father or her, or a husband or her oldest son. Um, and he left two brothers without an older brother and it was a mess and, and I wanted the world to hear the mess. So that, that was the reason I wrote that song. And I went in, I worked with some of the best in the world with that. Uh, Patricio A. Pixley, who is my producer, he and I went in and we, we sat down with a, a Grammy award winning producer, um, and Alan Sanderson, who's worked with everybody in the world. Um, like Rihanna to Elton John, like that big of a gap of people he's worked with. And we sat down and we created this track and we knew it was special when it was done. And, and I knew it was going to do what it did. And, and my intention was to to hit the whole world with it. And yeah, it, that's that's been my intention with everything I do. 
is to reach as many people as possible. That's why this docuseries, I intend by, you know, mid next year for it to be trending on Netflix and in, in every couch uh, in, in the country, you know? So let's talk about that for a moment. So the 22 and you documentary, it's, it's sort of in post-production, it's getting made. And when should we be able to expect to see it? Uh, like I said, my intention is probably mid next year because we're not in a rush. We have, a, I, I would say, a thousand hours or more <laughs> at this point. Um, cameras started rolling eight years ago when I started my music career back. And the there was a lot of footage of that. And then just everything we've gone through during that time and now to be here and on the other end of the hike. And like I said, we wrapped at the wedding, but that was kind of like, yeah, are we really wrapped? We'll see. <laughs> like, but well, That's a yeah, good bookend to, to the story of tragedy and loss is, is yeah. and renewal. Yeah. Well, and we, we have a baby on the way as well. It's a girl. Oh, um, that's awesome. So that's kind of the final piece, right? Is this hope and this, this wonderful new person that's coming into life. And, and it's only there because I chose to live, you know, and, and because I chose to keep going and, 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 and battle through my own struggles when life hasn't dealt me the best cards. So yeah, we're, we'll be going in into edit. We're working with uh, three branches production, some phenomenal dudes like a, a Dave Neese I've worked with for 15 years on and off. So if you go on YouTube and you're looking at all of my music videos, like all the behind the scenes stuff was made by Dave. Uh, the guy knows my story inside now. He's actually making uh, the gift, the documentary on Jason Dunham right now. So we, we've got a crazy talented group of people working that we're going to put this get together on the back end. I think we're still going to do a little fundraising we have some investors coming in that are going to, you know, finish this added up for us. All in all, we're going to keep making content. I don't know if you followed us on social media, but we pretty much so since the break have made all kinds of content uh, that we continue to make. We we went and talked to Kip Olson about his brother, Thomas Olson, uh, who he lost to suicide last year. And we went to where Thomas had pulled over to the side of the road and unfortunately did what he did. And we raised a big flag pole and a flag and we shot a video and put that up and, and had this amazing you know moment captured for Kip. And these are the kind of things that we're going to do moving forward as 22 and you. Not only are we telling our documentary story, but we're going to continue to make content that people understand what the effects are of suicide and, and that there is hope on the other side. And, and we're always... It, moving towards the side of hope. That's who we are as people. I think um, everybody involved with this. So yeah, we just want to keep pushing love out, man. And, and and we do that through our content. And yeah, that's that's where we're at. John, that's absolutely amazing. And that's as part of our message as well. Trying to get people to understand that there is help available. People want to help, but you have to take the pack off and let somebody else carry it. And, and you can't be too prideful or too uh, wrapped up in your own beliefs that you can't ask for help. Yeah, and and that's the thing. The film itself is going to be called Share the Weight, and it'll be hashtag Share the Weight is going to be the film title. But that was what happened. Um, basically, up until that moment, I gave the pack away. We had marched along with the with the hashtag carry the weight. And it was as if, you know, all of this real like tension and everything lifted off our shoulders. The moment it became share the weight. Um, I talked to some guys that we went down and interviewed later that had these crazy stories and, and everyone that got a chance to carry the pack got emotional when they talked to us in their interview about carrying the pack. 
So remember when, when someone's helping you, uh, you're helping them too. And, and you're giving them an opportunity to be there for you, which in a lot of people's lives, it's a big deal. You know, John, that's a fantastic point. And, and I do want to mention, how do people get in touch with you? How do they find you on social media? How do they find your website? 22andyou.net, 22andyou.net um, is our website. We, we just put a trailer up. I, I think you got a chance to see that. Uh, the trailer is phenomenal. Um, you kind of get to see the real struggle that I was going through in that, which is unbelievable. And then social media, uh, facebook.com slash 22andyou.doc, D-O-C. And then Instagram is 22andyou.docufilm. You can also go to John Preston Music. Everything is going to be available and visible through there. So if you go to Facebook, John Preston Music, or Instagram, John Preston Music, you're going to see everything about 22andyou and, and find your way there. Um, and we're we going to share it on the on our Facebook page and our website and all those things as well. So if you're listening to the show, just go to cominghomewell.com or go to the Coming Home Well Facebook page if you can't find it. We're going to put it all up there, and we're also going to put a link to the song. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. Uh, if, if you're just discovering me as an artist for the first time, go to Apple Music or, or Spotify or wherever you get your tunes and dive in, man. We I think we got 10 or 11 songs released out. Uh, I have been during this whole time period where we've been filming and meeting people, I actually have built the entire soundtrack myself. So the soundtrack to the film, that album will be releasing with the film. Uh, it sounds like Sony wants to do a single prior to that, uh, which will be one of the songs off the album. But so just follow the music as well, man. I, I've had a lot of people over the years that have reached out to me that told me, Hey, uh, I was in a rough spot and I didn't take my life because of your song. So if you just need to feel and, and, and feel that someone else has been there, it's a good place to be. John, thank you so much for spending the time with us. We've been talking with John Preston of 22 and you. He's also a musician. Uh, he's sort of a semi pretty getting pretty famous uh, for some of his songs. He's really, really good. But the 22 and you is a story of, of redemption of pain, of suffering, but also overcoming these challenges to really live. John, thank you so much for joining us on Coming Home Well. Thanks, brother. I, I really appreciate you having me on. You know, and, and for everyone, remember, share the weight. It, it, it's real, man. It, it, it will help you heal. Coming Home Well, helping civilians better help veterans. Wash away.